0: We paid less for our Craftmatic today than we did 20 years ago.
1: For Green Software here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM 211 Dan Patrick Sports. I'm Nick Geber. It's a pleasure to be with you. What a, a weekend of football we've had. Uh, we've had uh, Copa America. We've got the Women's World Cup. It's all happening. It's all going down. Some really fun stuff happening. We're going to talk about all of that. Uh, plus, of course, we're going to talk about the transfer rumors. They are hot and heavy, and it looks like Man United, well, they have some trouble ahead in getting their transfer targets. We're going to talk about that. And uh, looks to me very much like, as I suggested, Frank Lampard will be taking the helm at Chelsea Football Club, a three-year deal uh, being bandied around right now as he replaces Maurizio Sarri, who is going to Juventus. All right. All of that to talk about loads more. Let's talk about equal play for equal work, the Women's World Cup team. They are getting a royal shafting. They really are. I'm going to tell you what I think about it, and my opinion has changed over time. Let's have a little chin wag about that. And at 40 past the hour, I'll be joined by Sports Byline's very own Rick Tittle, a massive Tottenham Hotspur fan, as we talk about what's going on at the new White Hart Lane. Uh, how Tottenham are faring, what they're looking for in the transfer market. Is all good with Poch or not? Uh, is Daniel Levy going to spend some money? Let's talk about it. 800-878-7529. 800-878-7529. If you are a Tottenham fan, you're going to want to be sure to stay tuned for that segment with our Good friend from Sports Byline, Rick Tittle. All right, that's what's going on. I want to hear from you. By the way, I'm on Twitter. You can find me at Nick Geber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. You can also find me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash 5th Street Sports Talk. Uh, you can also find us uh, here. Uh, on iHeartRadio, on TuneIn, on the award-winning SiriusXM app, and I would be remiss if I did not welcome to the show all of our fabulous men and women in uniform around the world serving our country. We thank you. They are listening to us on the American Forces Network. That's what's going on today. Hope you'll stay with us every Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern. We talk the beautiful game right here, Sports Byline Broadcast Network, SiriusXM 211. I'm going to step aside, take a break, Listen to these messages. I'll be right back after this.
2: It has been said that everyone has a book in them. But do you have the time or the ability to write your book? Maybe you picked up some skills or had a life experience that you want to pass on in the form of a book to help others. Maybe you want to leave an autobiography for your family. Call right now. That number is 800-485-6003.
3: Hey, travelers, do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call, because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares.
0: tells you when to buy, what to buy, and when to sell any stock to maximize your profits in less than 10 minutes a day. And if you call right now, you can test drive our amazing Vector Vest system risk-free for 30 days for just nine ninety-five.
2: Eight hundred five eight four dollars 95 800-584-2519. 800-584-2519. That's 800-584-2519.
1: Uh, sports byline Broadcast Network, series XM 211. Uh, lots to get to. The Women's World Cup is in full flow. And it's been an interesting uh, Women's World Cup for a number of reasons. I won't say the upsets have been uh, many because there really haven't been many. Uh, there have been some very interesting storylines. Of course, we talked a little bit about the U.S. thrashing of Thailand and all of this uh, controversy about should they have scored 13 goals, should they be celebrating after each one of those 13, is it is it becoming, is it a, quote, good look? Uh, that's certainly one story. I'll, I'll give you my opinion on that in a second. Uh, but really, in terms of massive upsets, there haven't really been that many, unless you want to say that France have not looked – exceptional. They've looked good, but they haven't looked exceptional. I suppose if you're thinking of uh, an upset, you have to look at Group C, which is wide open. I mean, Italy, top of that group, they are guaranteed a place through to the round of 16. Uh, Very likely to go out top, just edging out Brazil. Brazil, the uh, heavy favorites in that group. So that's a bit of an upset. And uh, Scotland, if you're following Group D, which is very exciting, uh, Scotland are very much... In the mix, with a good, solid big win over Argentina, uh, they could very well uh, go on in third place. They need three points because if you have four points and you come third in your group, uh, you're going to get to go through as a third-place finisher. That would be absolutely massive for the Scottish. Shelley Kerr's side would be uh, absolutely thrilled. Uh, it would be a great thing for growing the game uh, in Scotland. and I certainly think people would be excited to see that. Uh, elsewhere, I mean, really, the issue is USA Sweden, who's going to finish top right now, uh, the USA with a massive massive goal differential with those six, uh, 13 goals uh, they put by uh, Thailand and the three they put by Chile, they, and uh, I don't believe they have uh, conceded a goal yet. So they currently have a 16-goal goal differential to Sweden's uh, six. Again, Chile, uh, if they do manage to beat Thailand, they could very well go through uh, as a third-place team, they just got to beat Thailand, and it's highly likely they're going to do that. So USA, Sweden, Chile are going to go through. By the way, in Copa America, the Chilean men uh, get a uh, hard-fought victory over Japan. Uh, a bit surprising, the Chileans are the current title holders, and this Japanese team are very young players. They were really in training for the uh, – this is a sort of Olympic warm-up tournament for them – uh, they were an inv- invitee to the Copa America, uh, performed uh, really beautifully today. Great performance from the Japanese uh, men, although they did not, were not able to uh, hold Chile and did lose to them. Uh, that's the Copa America. We'll talk about that a little bit. Gold Cup is sort of starting. It's a very uh, uninteresting tournament to me. Uh, and, I'll, and I'll tell you why. Oh, I think I've already said why. I don't need to keep repeating myself. Like an old broken record, uh, although my kids call me that and they're probably Right. Uh, All right. Back to this issue with the women. Should they celebrate? Should they not celebrate? Should they have scored 13 goals? I mean, look, this is the big stage. If you are a women, uh, a female footballer, the Women's World Cup is the big, biggest stage there is. This tournament has grown from uh, really a a nothing tournament, a very small tournament with not many national teams, but it has followed the growth of the women's game. It was rebranded. It became the Women's World Cup. Of course, the United States uh, have the most uh, World Cup titles. They are the favorites. They are the Brazil or Argentina, shall we say, of uh, women's football, the same thing that those two powerhouses are to the men's game internationally. Uh, But um, should they have scored 13 goals? I mean, certainly. This isn't a friendly game. It's not AYSO. It's not... uh, It's not recreational soccer where there's a mercy rule. So goal differential means a lot. We can see that right now. I mean, the USA, very unlikely to go out of Group F anything other than top of the group, and that's because of the 13 goals they put by Thailand. I mean, Sweden, number two, they managed to put, uh, I don't know, five goals by Thailand, and they're... They have a goal differential of six. So a 10-goal differential is a difference maker. That's why the U.S. women kept scoring goals against Thailand, because that's what they needed to do. Should they have celebrated? Why not? I mean, why not? This is the biggest stage in football. They're getting international goals for their country. They're happy. They're going to celebrate. And I think it's a terrible double standard to say, well, they should have shown more class, they should have shown you know, some compassion for the Thai, Thai women, and, and that's absolute rubbish, by the way, because, look, this is the worst form of double standard. I would say if the men scored 13 goals, they would be celebrating. We would expect them to rack it up, 13, 14, 20, 25, if they could. We'd want them to score as many goals as humanly possible, because that's what we expect Of our men's team, of course, they can't score a goal, didn't manage to score against Jamaica, didn't manage to score a goal against Venezuela, and did manage to concede, I think, four goals in those two matches. So highly unlikely the men's team ever going to score 13 goals in a game, but if they did, we wouldn't be having this conversation, and that, my friends, that is a double standard. And you can talk about, well, women's football. And and I, I will admit, I will put my hand up and admit, I have been a misogynist. I have been uh, a complete elitist when it comes to football. I'm not even the biggest fan of international football. If you listen to this show or have listened to me over the last 20 years, you'll know my great love is is the Premier League and the European leagues because that is football at its highest level. The Champions League is the toughest most competitive tournament for soccer on the planet that you will find in any country, in any region. And I love it. The Premier League is, for me, the toughest league in the world. And there are some other terrific leagues, equally as difficult. the Spain's La Liga, Italy's Serie A. I won't say Ligue 1 because I don't mean that. The German Bundesliga. I mean, these are terrific leagues. So I, I've always said, you know, I only have so many hours in the day to watch sports, so many hours in the day to watch football. And, uh, you know, I, the, the women's game for me uh, hasn't, been, hasn't been it. But it is now. I have grown to love the women's game over the last few years. These tournaments are terrific. These tournaments are exciting. Uh, I tell you what, let's go to the guest line. Ray in Milwaukee, what are your thoughts?
4: Well, I, I have no problem with uh, anybody uh, scoring any goals in any fashion uh, if they're getting paid to do it. Um, but what is a classier act? Deion Sanders high-stepping it into the end zone and doing a touchdown dance and a blowout win in the playoffs, or Barry Sanders juking everybody and having an amazing run and handing the ball off to the officials in a, playoff, in a
1: blowout playoff win? You know, does it matter? Sports is entertaining. I mean, that's my question to you, Ray. I,
4: well, does it matter to me? Uh, no, it really doesn't matter to me. I, I get enjoyment out of watching people play in sports, but uh, some people, it does matter.
1: Well, I suppose to some people it might matter, but, you know, uh, look, this is the biggest stage. It's uh, Think of this, Ray, let, let, let's take what you just said. Think of this as a Super Bowl. I mean, are you going to ask, let's say there's a team in the Super Bowl that scores 13 touchdowns to none for the opposition. I'm assuming the team, I know, that scores are 13 touchdowns will be the New England Patriots, snooze, snooze, well, snooze. Uh, but um, let's I'll just say... Now, I I'm, remember I'm,
4: watching that Super Bowl. I remember watching the Denver Broncos I mean, uh, get blown out by the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, and at the time, there were some people who expressed that the, the 49ers expressed some humility. Uh, late, in
1: uh, late in the game. Well, I, okay, Ray, I accept that point. Uh, I accept that point. And, and you know, one of the one of the great things about the U.S. women, uh, I want to talk about this because y- you bring up a terrific point. Let's talk about humility because I, I think if you're talking about the U.S. women's national team, you're going to get none of that. And I, and I definitely think it's a completely different "quote unquote" look. We're not used to our female athletes being quite the uh, ass-kickers and name-takers that our women are in soccer. And uh, they are full of themselves, to be fair. And you know what? They have every right uh, to be full of themselves – because they are the best women's team on the planet. Listen, Ray, stay on the line. I want to ask you a couple more questions about uh, your take on this uh, Women's World Cup, but we have to go to break. I'm chatting with caller Ray from Milwaukee. If you'd like to call in, give us a call, 800-878-PLAY. We're going to continue the discussion on the other side of the break. I'll be right back after this on Fifth Street Soccer.
5: Don't wait another minute to see if you may qualify for your Social Security disability benefits. Call Pinnacle Disability Group at 800-593-7491 for your free case evaluation. That's 800-593-7491. 800-593-7491. Call now. Imagine
0: this is your money and someone wants to take it from you. Who is it? The IRS. They want your money. And guess what? they can legally take it all of it if they want remember they sent you that letter that said hey you owe us a bunch of cash and we're gonna take it from you so what do you do fight back by letting our team of experts at the tax helpline work it out with the IRS so you can keep your money and we're good at what we do when you hire us you get a team of guys on your side that know the IRS laws and will fight to save your money so, if you owe the IRS a ton of cash and you want to keep it, call right now and learn for free how we can help you put it back in your
2: pocket. 800-932-1749. 800-932-1749. 932 1749 That's 800-932-1749. Do you have a problem hearing the television? Do you need to crank up the volume so loud your family is screaming at you? Then put on your TV ears. TV ears has helped millions of people just like you hear TV loud and clear without cranking up the volume. For about 60 bucks for the 30-day free trial, you can get your own set of TV ears. When you wear TV ears, you can mute the TV volume for private listening or let others watch TV with you. Order in the next 10 minutes and take us up on our 30-day home trial and very special price. TV Ears is a brand hearing professionals have trusted for more than 20 years. And through this special radio offer, you can get your very own for just $60. Just mention promo code RADIO. So put on your TV ears and make everyone happy. 800-984-4207. 800-984-4207. 800-984-4207. That's 800-984-4207. 7-11.
1: 7-11. to 11. We're talking Women's World Cup. We're talking celebrations. Was it untoward? Was it unseemly that the women celebrated after scoring 13 goals? Well, I am uh, think I still have on the line Ray from Milwaukee. We were talking about this before the break. Ray, uh, so you think it's a little unseemly. You like to see more sportsmanship in your game. Is that right?
4: Well, I'm not saying one or the other. I'm just telling you if you add my favorite football player growing up was Barry Sanderson because of his humility. Now, I, do I just, do I discredit anything Deion Sanders did during that same time or Terrell Owens or whoever hot-dogged it? No, I don't. I mean, I don't have any problem with people flipping the bat in baseball. We had a back, there was massive controversy. I also think this is a generation-to-generational thing. And I, the most distasteful thing I personally got out of this whole thing In my opinion, was the media coverage by the American media. I felt it was completely off putting to insult other women's integrity because they feel that they're from Canada, that they can't have a bias, a non biased perspective about this type of celebration when there were several high profile uh, reporters, British reporters, who expressed the same similar thoughts. That both Canada growth that I thought and I thought that was the most disrespectful thing. Nick, imagine someone in, uh, insulted your integrity and your opinion as a journalist.
1: Well, oh, they do they do it all the time, Ray. I'm just uh, made of Teflon; it just bounces off me. I couldn't give a rat's uh, rodent's rectum uh, what they think of me, but you know that's just me. But look, uh, your point is well taken. But you know the one thing you don't get from our U.S. women is uh, humility. This is a team of top-level athletes that is used to winning, that expects to win, that knows, uh, and we're going to talk about this a little bit, uh, this segment, that knows uh, the future of the game in the United States rests on their shoulders. Uh, Certainly the revenue for U.S. soccer rests on their shoulders, if you uh, believe what the Wall Street Journal has been reporting recently. Uh, So you you don't get humility. You, you, You get athletes. You get athletes who are there to win, who are there to kick butt. And take names and win for their country, win for their pride. So you know, yeah, I, I think. Uh, look, if I'd be, if if I were Jill Ellis, and I'm both the the wrong sex and and, and I don't coach, but but if I was, um, I would have probably told them to tone down the celebrations after about the fifth or the sixth goal. But that but that's just me. But it's certainly for me not a negative for the team. It's it's not really shouldn't be an international talking point. And look, I think Ray, people are anxious to find any cracks in In the armor of this wonderful team uh, uh, that wins, uh I would so, just say uh, this I, if you 're going to celebrate after scoring thirteen goals against a team that really is just quote happy to be there, you' better win the damn thing you better win true. the whole tournament
4: that uh, that's hundred percent true and uh, uh and if you 're right If you talk about on the field play um I thought uh, th- this might be a mistake by Joe Ellis by having such a rotation in uh, uh, formations. and I mean, uh, I think she been, must have been watching uh, Mexico and Ricardo Osorio the last uh, four years <laughs> to have that type of... And, and uh, they were a little wasteful uh, y- yesterday as well. That game could have easily been five or six. Uh, no. And then if they're going against their strongest opposition and for their whole squad to only really feature in one game against a very mediocre opponent, I, if, if they struggle in this third game, I think that should be a highly questionable uh, coaching tactics.
1: Well, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, the bottom line is uh, this uh, U.S.-Sweden game is setting up for a, a massive clash. It's going to be the decider as to who goes out of this group in first place. If the U.S. lose, uh, obviously, and Sweden win, then it'd be six uh, nine points for Sweden, six for the U.S., and that would be egg on the face at that point. Uh, so it, it is interesting, and, and I think in some regards, not so much the racking up the score, because I think you know Sweden tried to rack up the score against Thailand too. Uh, the celebration issue, I think, may well place just a little bit more pressure on them going forward in the tournament. As silly as, silly as it sounds, it just may.
4: Yes, and that's a whole other thing too. Uh, I agree with that a hundred percent, but. What about what about your feeling uh, about uh, intentionally hurting people because they are a hot dog? These, lots of people said this couldn't happen in the men's game because somebody would get – or a leg would be broken. Um, what is your feeling about that? And do you think that that may happen if uh, they run up against a stiffer opposition?
1: Well, I don't think they'll be able to run up the score to 13-0 against the Tipper opposition. Look, uh, the women's game is a is a different game to the men's game. And this is something that I've been saying all along and well not all along actually let let me take that back. I'll backpedal on that and I'll give a big mea culpa. That was my mistake in my Ignore, uh, ignoring the women's game for many, many years, is I was saying, well, I only like to watch football at the highest level. Actually, the women's game is a different game to the men's game. Played on the same size field, it's still 90 minutes, and we're going to get into the equal pay thing here shortly, uh, but it's a different game. Tactically, it's a different game. Speed-wise, it's a different game. Yes, it's a physical game, no doubt, but it's not as physical as the men's game is, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of reasons for that, but but it isn't. It's a very different type of game. You get a different flavor of football with the women's game. You're less likely to see that, but you're right. I mean, look, can you see uh, some Sergio Ramos lookalike would come on for the men's team and kick someone six feet in the air if it were like that?
4: Yeah, and, and I, I'm not saying that it uh, necessarily has to be a 13-0 scoreline. It could be a maybe four or five scoreline. They score a late goal is in, in, uh, in the second half and the ladies are hot-dogging it, I mean, would you think it's culturally acceptable for a woman to try to take out one of the U.S. women?
1: Culturally acceptable. You know what, Ray? I'm actually finished with the cultural, culture, culturally acceptable uh, comparator because, you know, these are women athletes at the top of their game. And... You know they are as competitive as the men are, and they are they they don't they hate to lose as much as the men do. I mean, there's really no difference except for gender here. So it's you bring up a great point. We're just going to have to wait and see. But this brings me full circle to the discussion I wanted to have. And, and Ray, you know my opinion on this is why the U.S. women are paid less than the men, and they are paid less than the men, no matter what U.S. soccer says is an absolute travesty given that the Wall Street Journal today reported that the bulk of the sponsorship revenue for US soccer actually comes in in sponsorships for the women's team. Did you hear about this, Ray?
4: No, I did not, but I would that make a that would make a lot of sense because I think the one of the biggest spending uh teams here nationally at the men's game is actually the Mexican national team and if you have advertisement dollars for soccer for Coca-Cola you're probably going to do Mexico then you are the U.S. men's national
1: team and then if you want to appeal to women in Coca-Cola
4: sure. you're going to spend more money on the U.S. women's
1: Right, of course. And then if you're the marketing arm that owns the rights to the Mexican national team, the U.S. women, and the U.S. men, I would suggest right. the U.S. men are the least attractive place to put your advertising dollars of that trifecta. And of course, that is exactly the situation that Soccer United Marketing finds itself in, an entity owned by a combination of Major League Soccer, U.S. Soccer, et cetera, et cetera. So this is why we have these issues. But the idea that, you know, the women are paid. Uh, for example, a fifteen hundred dollar win bonus versus eight thousand for the men. The women are paid thirty five hundred dollars a game versus five thousand for the men. I mean, this makes yeah. no sense to me, Ray, because they are playing on the same size field, the same time, the the the, the length of the match is the same. Uh, and uh, of course, uh, even if you take out of the fact that they are perennial winners, it just—I scratch my head and wonder. Uh, you know, U.S. soccer—they need to get some people that are in uh, the, that are some enlightened people in the modern age and get rid of these people from the Victorian era.
4: Yeah, that I agree with a hundred percent. But I mean, if you do realize, what do you do? Where is the extra money going to come from? If you want everything to be fifty-fifty, either the men are going to take less, or the or, so the women can take more. Where is this extra no, money coming from? I'll
1: make it – well, hold on, hold on. I'll tell you where it's coming from, Ray. It's coming from the $150 million that U.S. Soccer, which is a nonprofit agency, is sitting on in its investment pool. And the fact of the matter is, first of all, your dog uh, is enjoying the conversation, and uh, yeah. we should probably put him on in a second. Yeah. But. Um, <clears throat> the fact is the US women are the sponsorship drivers for US soccer. So, you know, maybe maybe the men should be paid less than the women. And 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 they can use the argument that well, we pay uh you know, we subsidize the salaries of the US national team pool players that are playing in the NWSL. I would suggest to you that they have no choice. They should be subsidizing the NWSL period because without the women's professional league in this country, we don't generate these same types of players they the really top top cream of the crop players will go abroad. And the, uh, the other players, the journey women, I suppose is what we would call them, uh, would, would find it difficult to play at a high level and become those top, top players. So I think U.S. soccer are a bunch of hypocrites. I think they need to open the bank. I think they need to go to that $150 million pool. If they want to pay, uh, the men that, they got to pay the women that. And that's just the way it is. Hey, Ray, great talking to you. Love chatting. Regular caller, Ray, uh, we'll hear from you, you again. Enjoy the rest of the Women's World Cup. All right. Cheers. Uh, That is it. I mean, it is really, uh, thank you, Ray. It's really a function of equality. And it's not even one of these issues that I think should be a gray area. And why U.S. Soccer are fighting this in court, I have no clue. I think it turns, it shows just how out of touch they are with reality and out of touch they are with where we are as a culture today. And if you combine that uh, with the fact that it's possible. I mean, imagine how, and I, we have to go to break here, but imagine how successful a women's professional league could be if it had some serious investment. Maybe if it even had promotion relegation. Maybe it would get Major League Soccer a run for its money, which would be like a win it, winning a race against a guy, I don't know, with a cane. All right, we're going to go to break. When we come back, let's talk Tottenham Hotspur with our good friend Rick Tittle from Sports Byline. be right back after this.
0: At Indeed, we understand that when it comes to hiring, it's important to have a large talent pool to choose from. But sometimes too many good options can be overwhelming. That's why Indeed doesn't just give you access to a large pool of job seekers. We also offer screener tools that let you instantly narrow down your search. Hone in on hiring with Indeed. Experience Indeed for yourself today and get a free sponsored job upgrade on your first posting at Indeed.com slash promo. Terms and conditions apply.
3: And there's your opening to remind them who pays the bills around here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations.
2: Want to fly somewhere? Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Then call. That's right. Call the low-cost airline Travel Hotline now for prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. 800-223-0992. 800-223-0992. That's 800-223-0992. All
1: right, welcome back to the show. History Soccer to keep it with you tonight. Here on the Sports Marlin Broadcast Network, Series XM 211. Right, well, the Women's World Cup, we've talked about that, uh, but we have not touched much on the transfer market and, of course, what's going on as we... It's just coming up here in, what, uh, 60 days, the kickoff of the new Premier League season. Uh, Of course, I have not had a chance to talk to Sports Byline's very own Rick Tittle since Tottenham, uh, shall we say, became runners-up in the Champions League. Uh, A huge Tottenham fan he is, so I thought, what better time to get him on. Rick Tittle, have you recovered from the disappointment?
6: Oh, I'm a little bit numb as always, but what can you do right
1: well, you just gotta move on Rick and and get on with it let, let me ask you this can you see a time in the near future where Tottenham get back there
6: no i mean it's it it takes so much for it to go I mean we've never even been to the semifinals before, and I'm disappointed that we didn't go for it we didn't really play our brand of football we we were very conservative it was i mean and you know this i mean you saw it as a very boring game but we didn't get yep. the bounces but i i just wish we had gone for it and not been so conservative
1: do you think pochettino made a, a mistake by starting harry kane uh, because you know if you started him and he wasn't sharp enough uh, then you'd have to pull him off and sub him, or he wasn't going to be contributing. But if, but maybe you could bring him off on later on in the match as a sub off the game. Maybe you could have made a difference. For me personally, I think he made a tactical error with that.
6: I never would have forgiven him if he wouldn't have started Harry Kane. Um, it uh, He got maybe two passes to him the whole game. He had zero service, so... I personally don't think that was it, but I think I probably would have burned down the new stadium if he had not started Harry Kane.
1: Yeah, interesting uh, interesting comment, and I think that particular viewpoint is shared by most Spurs fans. I mean, look... You're going to play your best player, right? Right. I mean, it's the biggest show on earth. You're going to play your best player. So, I mean, you can't really criticize him for it. Uh, it's easy to look back and say second-guess it. But let's talk about going forward. Obviously, Chelsea, uh, sorry, leaving after winning the Europa League and Frank Lampard seemingly on the way in. Uh, where do things sit with Pochettino at Tottenham? I mean, has he has he kissed and made up with, uh, with uh, Daniel Levy? And while he's doing it, did he reach around and grab his wallet? Are they going to spend some money or what?
6: wow he did a reach around um <laughs> <laughs> exactly um you know it's been over 500 days literally since they've they bought anyone um the whole thing was that you know they had spent all their money on the new stadium but i mean they i think the only the only thing that would have scared me is if they had won the champion i mean i, I would have been okay with it had he left but there's some unfinished business and they uh You know, as you know, every day is a new rumor, but uh, no, they're going to have to buy some guys. I I do hope they sell Trippier. I know he was linked to Juve of all places. I would love to get rid of Danny Rose as well and just get kind of a fresh look on the outside. The three guys in the middle, uh, Vertongen and um, Sanchez and um, Toby Aldervild, I I love those guys. But um, the biggest. The biggest worry for me this offseason is losing Christian Eriksson, who basically said, yeah, I've been here nine years. Maybe I'll have a fresh challenge unless nothing better comes along. And when Hazard went to Real Madrid, I kind of thought maybe that Christian Eriksson would stay. But he's pretty irreplaceable at this point.
1: Oh, yeah, Christian Eriksson a, is a very tough player to replace. But, uh, you know, it, it... There were, there were matches where he just he wasn't even there. I mean, he was there physically, and he wasn't. And then another match, he'd be there, and he'd make a huge impact. It just seemed to me like he, this season he was trying really hard to be motivated.
6: Well, I mean, he had so many clubs. No one has scored more goals outside the box in the last six years in the Premier League. No one has more assists in the last six years in the Premier League. Um, he's not a perfect player, but there's no way we could replace him.
1: No, he is he is definitely irreplaceable. So, who do you think's uh, first uh, first position? What's first position uh, on the pecking order to to uh, to bolster, shall we say, other than other than Eriksson?
6: Well, they're looking at midfield. You know, they they were uh, kind of decimated a little bit there, and and uh, they're probably you know they they kind of soured on Wanyama when he was hurt. Uh, they played Sissoko because they had to, and then they ended up liking him. They didn't like his handball in the box in the first 20 seconds right. of the Champions League final. But um, looking at wingers uh, as well, and then striking options. I mean, the last thing they want to do is have to play a guy like Fernando Llorente again. Um, uh, they like Gazaniga as the backup. Michel Vorm has already left. But midfield and up front mostly, I think
1: yeah midfield and up front i think is where they they probably you got a great goalkeeper obviously so and, and a good back line i think in in that respects uh, they're pretty much set well we'll wait and see eagerly uh once the uh once we start to see some finished deals coming through uh, i'm a little disappointed we haven't really been hearing anything uh too loudly about any particular players but We'll keep our eyes open. Hey, did, uh, what are your thoughts about the Frank Lampard situation at Chelsea? You know, I, I, I nailed that one. I mean, I said two weeks ago they, they had really no choice. With a transfer ban, with Sarri leaving, I mean, not a lot of managers would necessarily jump at that job, particularly uh, given the short tenure of most Chelsea managers and the fact it's run by Maria Groveskaya now uh, on behalf of Roman Abramovich. Uh, Lampard sees the, seems the obvious choice, doesn't he?
6: Yeah, and I know uh, Dennis Wise was very critical, saying, well, Darby didn't go up, so he shouldn't get it, which kind of seemed weird. But and, and I believe I was at Stamford Bridge for his first-ever goal. I taught him there. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank had already hit a hat trick. <laughs> and they put Lampard on. He'd just come over from West Ham, and he scored a goal. But, I mean, with his connection with CFC over the years um, and the way that people are hiring uh, players now to come in and, you know, he did a good job, I want to say, at the baseball ground, but that's not the stadium in Derby anymore. Um, but, yeah, he seems like a natural fit.
1: Yeah, he does. Uh, of course, you mentioned Jimmy Floyd Hasselblank, a player with the largest ears ever in football. I'm convinced about that. Uh, but, yes, Frank, Frank Lampard, I think, would be uh, a Ole Gunnar Solskjaer-esque appointment, I think, uh, with a very little downside for Chelsea uh, and... Um, uh, the fans certainly will get behind him, and it's going uh, to be difficult a uh, couple of windows for them as they're not going to be able to uh, bring anyone in. Of course, the same situation at Manchester United, uh, Rick, it's looking like most a lot of their targets are bowing out of a trip to Old Trafford, and I have to believe it's you know, lack of Champions League football and a lot of people questioning really what the health is of this club going forward. What are your thoughts?
6: No, you're right. It's, it's amazing how much being in the Champions League versus being in the Europa League versus not being in Europe at all is just such a huge thing. And I think their number one priority is not to let Pogba go, and, and uh, we'll have to see <laughs> if uh, someone else uh, steps in for him or not. But it, uh, it, you know, it still has the same luster playing for Manchester United. I'm sure they're going to have a lot of people who are going to want to go there. But, yeah, it's not the number one destination anymore.
1: Well, speaking of that, I mean, this is a ridiculous number, but uh, the Mail is reporting that United are offering Pogba £500,000 a week wow. to stay. Think about that for a minute. £500,000, half a million pounds a week to stay and play for Man United. And yet we still hear uh, things from Pogba, and maybe this is his negotiation a tactic where he's going out publicly and saying maybe now's a good time to get a new challenge somewhere else.
6: Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he'll get 500,000 pounds a week even on those days when they play in the League Cup and he watches. That's a pretty good deal. <laughs>
1: yeah, it is. I mean, really a huge, a huge disappointment. Uh, also, uh, lots of discussions about Mbappé, but uh, I don't think I don't think Mbappe going anywhere. But we'll have to see uh, where where that all uh, goes. Uh, Rick, have you been watching the Women's World Cup?
6: I have, yes.
1: So, what's your take on this uh, celebration nonsense?
6: Well, you know, it's funny. I could never tell anyone not to be excited about scoring a World Cup goal. I mean, it's a it's a right. lifelong dream, and there in every World Cup, there's going to be a minnow or two there just always is going to be a team that's going to get beat down now uh, should they have called off the horses Um, I don't know I'm I'm okay with it Uh, I think you know the whole thing about not trying hard is also very insulting so I think you, you you lose either way whatever you do you lose
1: well, you're, I, think, I think you're absolutely correct in that. I, I think y- you can't win any way you look at it. But it is a double standard. I mean, if the men had scored 30, 13 goals, uh, we'd be declaring it uh, the greatest victory in the history of U.S. soccer. <laughs> of course, as we know, the men are never going to score 13 goals in a game. Uh,
6: no, that ain't going to happen.
1: <laughs> even even when they expand the World Cup to 48 teams and they're playing Guyana <laughs> <laughs> in the group stage, uh, which is something I never want to see, I have to tell you that. It's one of my great fears that they're going to expand the, uh, the the World Cup, World Cup, and uh, we're going to have some of these ridiculous, ridiculous matchups that no one's going to be too interested in. Well, you know, it's funny, be like I, was the watching, Gold Cup.
6: I was watching a little bit of the Gold Cup, that Martinique-Canada game had about three people at the Rose Bowl and then you think about the Copa America you got Qatar and Japan in there those are some bizarre guest teams for the South American championship
1: although i will say the japanese gave the chileans a run for their money today i mean the chileans won 2-0 but that young japanese squad really really played well and they had a couple of really prime chances they just squandered them
6: yeah that that j league is you know it's better than mls i mean they they've got some players over there no doubt
1: Yeah, well, not too many. uh, (laughs) A lot of leagues fall into that category. All right, Rick, just a minute or two left. Uh, Tell me, uh, give me your Premier League predictions for next year. Give me your top four.
6: Top four will probably be, in no particular order, Man City. No,
1: no, no. Give me the order.
6: (laughs) All right. Man City bounce back. Liverpool third. I'll go... uh, Tottenham, I'm sorry, Liverpool second, Tottenham third, and fourth will be, uh, uh, man, Arsenal. Uh, That's
1: tough, isn't it? You think the Gunners could come back? I know as a Tottenham fan, that really pains you, but but you do have them beneath you, so that makes you feel better. Yeah, it's tough for me to see Chelsea, particularly without Aiden Hazard. I mean, they were very much a one-man show this year. Uh, But, you know, I'm excited to see what Wolves do. Uh, I'm excited to see if Newcastle get the new ownership and some fresh Middle Eastern oil money invested in them. It'll be an interesting season, won't it?
6: Yes. Uh, And if you just ask Chelsea and Manchester City what that Middle Eastern oil money can do, I would like some too. (laughs)
1: Well, you've got to get Daniel Levy to not want the team anymore. Rick Tittle, always an absolute pleasure. Where can they find you on Twitter? Twitter.
6: Always at Rick Tittle, as I announce it at It's good talking to you, Nick.
1: All right. Cheers, Rick. Have a great night. All right, there you go. Rick Tittle from Sports Byline. Big Tottenham fan. And what a season Spurs had, really. I mean, if you think about it, it was a very unlikely season for them to have, all the way to the final of the Champions League, top four finish, finishing above Arsenal, uh, at times... Uh, That team, you you scratched your head, but you know they didn't make any transfers at all, showing I guess it can be done uh, on a budget. All right, well, listen, I just want to remind everybody, I am with you Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern. We talk the beautiful game. This is what's going on in the world of football these days. We've got transfer market in Europe. We've got the Gold Cup. We've got the Copa America. We've got the Women's World Cup. These are the big tournaments going on right now. Uh, You need to watch. Watch the women. It's a great tournament. If you think about it, when you think of women's sports, you think, you know, tennis. So I mean, women's tennis is huge, right? People are like like women's golf. It's not nearly as big as men's golf. But women's soccer in America is a monster. Enjoy the tournament. All right, I'm going to go to break. When I come back, I'll wrap it all up for you here on Fifth Street Soccer. Don't go anywhere. Back with Nick Geber here on Foot Street Soccer. Hope you enjoyed the show. I want to thank Ray from Milwaukee from uh, for calling in. And if you'd like to call in at any time, you can do that during the show. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at Nick Geber. Love to hear from you because participation is what think of it as a participation sport. This show. And this show is Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern. Also on iHeart, also on TuneIn, also on the award winning SiriusXM app, American Forces. Uh, We're everywhere that you want to be, and we absolutely love bringing the show to you. Tomorrow, I'm pleased to say, I will be rejoined by the voice of reason on this show. My co-host, Kartik Krishnaya, is back from his vacay. I hope he's rested and ready. I know he's been watching the Women's World Cup. We're going to talk Women's World Cup. We're going to talk Copa America. Oh, gosh, I I hate to do it, but we're going to talk Gold Cup. Really, a third-rate tournament in anybody's book, the Gold Cup. If you gave me a choice, do you want to watch Copa America, Women's World Cup, or Gold Cup, I would say I want to watch Copa America, I want to watch Women's World Cup, and then I want to watch CNN. I mean, really, that—that that is how completely uninterested I am in the Gold Cup. Remember, the highest rated team in this tournament is ranked 18th in the world. Do you want to watch a tournament where the winner is the, quote, 18th best? Uh, I I know I don't. It's just not uh, not in my makeup. All right. Uh, once again, folks, I'd love to hear from you. Find me on Twitter. I am at and N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. I'm also on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash fifth street sports talk. I'd like to thank uh, my good friend Rick Tittle for coming on. Hopefully, Tottenham will find a few dollars to spend, replace Christian Eriksen. But there are some big transfers in the making in the Premier League. We've got some managerial positions open, interesting stuff. Stay tuned to the show. We'll be covering it all right here on Fifth Street Soccer. Have a great night. Enjoy the football. Cheers.